Thank you all for being here. We appreciate you stopping by. We're going to take your calls for the next hour or so on Twitter Spaces. It's somewhat new technology for us, so we're sort of trying it out today for the first time. It looks like we're we're on our way. So we'll, if you're on the Twitter Spaces uh, room, like it's like it's much like a clubhouse room. You just request to come up, and I'll bring you up to the front of the room, and you have a chance to ask your questions. Uh, and by requesting, you are consenting to be streamed out on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, many other places, Facebook, wherever we're out. There it is. There's a example of what it looks like on Twitter Spaces. So we're going to try that out today. A lot going on in the world. I've got some thoughts on monkeypox that's driving me a little bit insane. I also got some ideas about shutdowns and the current economic problem, but I mostly want to hear your questions. So we'll get right to it after this. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. As we said, today is sort of a special episode. We are just sort of taking your calls and we're taking them off Twitter spaces for the first time using that particular platform. Uh, Susan, are you good today on this Monday? Yeah, I'm good. I'm trying to get all the platforms off and tell Jeremy Jeremy Murphy how to do this. Okay, good. <laughs> I, um, I mean, first day is always, you know, yeah. a little nerve-wracking. Uh, I see uh, my friend Andrew Oshkazvili Hi, everybody there on, on Twitter. On the restream. Andrew, any thoughts about what's going on in the world today? Um, my, my basic uh, sort of preoccupation lately, I noticed somebody retweeted a video by a young man who had monkeypox. And he was talking about how he contracted it in this video. And a physician retweeted it and says, it's important we know this. There are somewhere between 45 and 50 cases of monkeypox amongst 350 million people here in the United States. Um, I just went ahead and I went over and checked out some other um, incidences of other illnesses, just so I had it here. Uh, echinococcus is uh, 350 cases a year. Um, tularemia is a, also about five for one, so it's about somewhere around 450 cases a year. Uh, murine typhus, it's not even record, required for reporting, so it's very common, endemic in Southern California. And tuberculosis, there are about 7,000 cases reported in the last year. Much more dangerous illnesses, much more common. Why are we talking about tularemia and tuberculosis? Why the preoccupation with monkeypox? Don't it, get yourself in trouble, Dr. Drew. You think we're going to get axed out of the Twitter spaces? <laughs> no, no, but wonder if it's like it, it's worse and then they go, well, oh, you said fair it enough. just like the flu. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, if it becomes, it, it looks as though it's, well... It's very odd because it looks like the household transmission rate is higher than COVID, but outside of the household, it doesn't transmit. It does not appear to be a respiratory virus. So it's very unlikely that it's going to be a significant, let, let's say when we're done, there are 5,000 cases, when it runs its course, let's say there are 5,000. Not fun, not good, nor is it good there are 7,000 cases of tuberculosis. Uh, what should we do about that? Should we freak out about tuberculosis? Should we freak out about murine typhus? Should we freak out of brucellosis? Should we freak out about leptospirosis? Things you've never heard of because the press isn't reporting it. 
because they're making an issue of this one thing because they think it makes a good story. That's what I'm sort of getting disgusted by. Now, I will happily be, well, I don't want to be wrong. I mean, I, I could be wrong that the monkeypox turns out to be a much more significant problem than it appears to be. But my point being, there are very serious infectious disease out there that appear to be much more common, appear to be. Now, they've made no, they, they at one point, as you heard me talk about on Thursday, made an issue about the CDC on their website said we should be wearing a mask to prevent a non-respiratory virus. And I saw that and I went a little bit crazy about it because that was bizarre. And it, it really suggests what I've been worried about, that the either they're just strictly trying to manipulate behavior or they're incompetent. And, and I don't mind um, people, you know, sort of making a case for masks. I have no problem with that. I think there's a good case for an individual wearing an N95 mask to protect him or herself only. Not to protect other people, to protect him or herself. And if we're in the middle of an outbreak, I want people to protect themselves. That's a decent argument. But to claim that it'd be important to wear a mask for monkeypox, well, it'd be much more important for tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis, about, I think it's around 40%, 30-40% of people with tuberculosis are aerosolizers and become highly contagious with tuberculosis. So we should be, shouldn't we be educating people about that? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So anyway, that was one of the things that uh, had me uh, concerned today. The other thing, yeah, the, the Russ Savage says, let's worry about the rats and the plague. The plague is coming across the country. The plague is a little less frequent. How many, let's see, incidents of plague. Let's see how many cases of plague there are in the United States. Incidents of plague, U.S. Uh, yeah, about 20 cases per year, something like that. So it's it's less than monkeypox by about half, about half as many as monkeypox, not not a, not a one hundredth, about half. Now to be fair, monkeypox is in its early days. It might it might spread a bit more, and it has spread a bit more in in Africa, but the the way it is being reported is what troubles me. It's not contextualized, and I'm trying to contextualize it. By the same token, I look back at the last two years, and I think about us, our lack of contextualization of COVID and our run to lockdown to copy the zero COVID policy of the Chinese Communist Party, which has been shown to be deeply flawed, has now caused a real, some really very serious economic ripples. And we're all going through that right now. And it is not going to be fun. I saw an article this morning that was tying the current economic sort of um, earthquakes specifically with the lockdown. There was a British, a British MPs were talking about this. And I thought, yeah, how could it not be? I mean, you make tiny adjustments in a, in a money supply or a uh, rate hike, and you get massive changes in the economy. Of course it creates massive changes when the whole world shuts down, money supply is massively increased. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad. Maybe we can inflate our way out of debt. I mean, that's an interesting problem. It didn't work in Germany after the First World War, but I'm certainly there, there, there are other examples in history of where people have done this, and it probably has uh, maybe been a net benefit. I, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody can help me with that historically. Uh, I'm looking at the restream. Uh, so I'm watching you guys on Restream quickly. I'm going to go over to uh, Rumble, see what people are thinking there. Uh, okay, you guys are <laughs> worried about the panic aspect, which I was worried about too. And But let's be fair. The whole world went into panic, right? It wasn't just us. The whole world, save Florida, Sweden, a couple other places, 
where they seem to have been a little more measured in their approach. All right. Uh, there we go. So that's my concerns today. Uh, I want to take your calls. I'm looking for Jeremy on, on the uh, Twitter. He and said he's on there, but I'm, it's hard to find. We have a lot of people out there. Yes, on, we appreciate you guys stopping Twitter by, space. You have to raise your hand, Well, it's called, I guess. No, it's called BA. Uh, Caleb, help us with this. I see listeners and I see so requests. How do they, I believe, how do so request? down at the bottom, I think it's on the bottom left corner on most phones. You and you request. click on request. There's a mic. Yeah, and There's it's like mic. raising your yeah, hand. You click on there, and then you're going to be, you're probably going to be muted, so you're going to have to unmute yourself as Once well. Once I call you up. But All I don't right. see Jeremy. He said he was listening, but I don't know if he's, Maybe. oh, there he is, there he is. Okay. He has, he doesn't have a face, because he's, okay. he's not very Twitter savvy, okay. we, but he's on there. I see him. He's down at the bottom. All right, well, he can raise his hand. But whatever. he's got to raise, you got to request. I'm going to go, we're going to, this is going to be our first. Because he wants to talk about Justin Bieber. Okay. So, okay. Uh, maybe we should do that first. Then. I know. I'm trying to get him to. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> he's way at the oh. bottom. He just says Jeremy, and he doesn't have, he's right next to Alana. Do you see? Nice. They don't, a lot of these people don't use Twitter a lot. So this was a first day of. Okay. So, so but at least Jeremy. he got on there. Now, I'm very proud of him. His, I invited him to speak. So there you go. I think that's him. Okay. And Jeremy, let's see if you can Click get up here on. to the, uh, whoops. See if you can do it, Jeremy. You oh, oh I think it. I just, I just, oh, here we go. Hung up on him. <laughs> Eliminated uh, him. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. This is a little bit of a different technology than we were used this to. This is cool, though. There's a lot of people out there. Okay, what you... I, all right. Uh, but raise your hand and Drew will click on your, your avatar and bring you up. Okay, give me a second here just to kind of scroll through some of the stuff. I'm Jeremy needs a picture. Well, let me let me talk about Justin Bieber a little bit because that was another thing that kind of went a little haywire. A little bit sideways and it, let me try to get jeremy again invite to speak let's see if he can respond to that jeremy i invited you to speak let's see if that's a possibility um so justin bieber has uh ramsey hunt syndrome right there are a lot of famous syndromes of uh facial pain of various types there's something called Toulouse hunt syndrome there's ramsey hunt syndrome and Ramsey-Hunt syndrome is just essentially Bell's palsy caused by a specific viral agent. It's the Bell's palsy associated with pain. That's how we kind of know it's the varicella zoster virus that's causing the Bell's palsy. And it can often have a little vesicular eruption in the ear, which is sort of what's called a herpetiform eruption, which is typical of shingles. So Ramsey-Hunt, I'm not even sure he had Ramsey-Hunt. He certainly had Bell's palsy. Uh, and to call it Ramsey Hunt doesn't really matter because it's treated the same anyway. It's treated with antiviral medication and corticosteroids. I did see a, a, some literature that suggested, you know, one of the standard therapies for Bell's palsy is prednisone and acyclovir. And I saw some data that suggested that methylprednisolone is better for Ramsey Hunt. So there is one reason that diagnosis should be parsed out from the rest. So uh, let me uh, invite others. Whoops. Do I invite them to co-host, Caleb, or do I invite them to speak? No, I invite them to speaker. speak. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Wyatt. Yeah, Jeremy's having a hard time. Okay, Wyatt, there you are. He'll get there. Hi, Wyatt. Hey, how's it going? Ooh, Thanks it's, for uh, having me up. Sounds good. What's going on? Huge fan, Dr. Thank you. Drew. What's Thank going you, on? I'm, a, I'm, I'm working. I'm a door dasher, so I'm just driving around right now. But I thought I'd hop in here because I have some questions for you. All right, let's do it. All right, so um, I'm 23 years old. Um, I don't have health insurance mm. and I think that I need an Adderall subscription, but mm. I don't, or prescription and I don't really, what, how would I approach a doctor and seek that out? Well, uh, you know, right now you live in somewhat of a golden age of what's called telehealth or telemedicine. 
and you can go online and find low-cost evaluations. Now, the psychiatric piece is harder to come by, but you might be able to find a general doctor that would be willing to do this. So I would just look up telehealth in your area, uh, see if you can find somebody that's reasonably priced. And I think literally for 100 bucks, I mean, less than the price of the prescription, you can definitely get an evaluation and, and probably have somebody prescribe that for you. Okay. Is there anything maybe like, that I should go into that, like, um, look like something that like I would say that a doctor or somebody reading that telehealth thing would be like, okay, this, this guy needs this. Well, I mean, you just, just answer their questions. I mean, you don't want to distort what, you know, you don't want to mislead the, the clinician. You just want to go, look, I, I can't concentrate. I have trouble, you know, ordering things. I, I, you know, don't get things done. I procrastinate them. And have you ever been on it in the past? Um, I've, uh, no, I haven't been prescribed it in the past. I've like tried it before, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the, um, right. And, um, it felt great. Felt focused. Have you, I, I'm not a fan of Adderall for adults. I have to be honest with you. Do you have any history with addiction yourself? No. Okay. All right. So they, it's, it's people that have history of addiction that I really worry about it for other people. Right. I, I, I prefer, well, you talk to the doctor, you know, in this particular case, but it's, I, I hate to see you on a, a psychostimulant, um, you know, how does this work? Okay, there we go. Uh, I hate to see a psychostimulant used chronically just because you have a little trouble concentrating. But if you need it for certain circumstances, that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, I'm going to try to keep going through some of the calls here. Whoops. Uh, so I'm trying to, okay, so Jeremy, Jeremy only sees hearts. So <laughs> you see there, there's two little heads next to the hearts. And then there's a plus sign. So he's in the wrong screen. I can't figure out how to get over hmm. the, it, I don't know. Poor Jeremy. Just look, I've got After Dark. Who is After Dark? That's probably Heather. <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm a, just a Twitter space account. We oh. do a lot of different Twitter spaces. But I wanted to say, Dr. Drew, I am glad that you are in Twitter spaces. Um, there are hundreds of spaces that... Uh, you know, do your type of format and, you know, the love line format. And I would love to see more, do more of these. This is, this is awesome. Well, we might, what we are, you know, we're, we were using clubhouse. It's just a great way to interact as I see it. And so I, what I, my sort of little model is that we're on enough platforms that we're essentially broadcasting and that the call in is all these great technologies we have, whether it's clubhouse or Twitter spaces. And so you can be there and, interact with me so we will be doing a lot of this caleb what do you think do you think most of the time we're going to be on twitter spaces i i mean there are there's a significant number of people here on twitter spaces so we might be using this a lot more often now okay so that's a yes so, so he's a yes yes so um, so that'll be uh tuesday wednesday thursday at 3 p.m pacific time uh, we'll send out blasts and whatnot. Uh, sometimes we adjust the time a little bit. I have lots of interesting guests on too that you can uh, uh, you can sort of ask questions of as well. They're zoomed in here. Um, coming up, I have. Uh, let me tell you who I've got coming up. Mm, you see, I just agreed to a bunch of guests, and they're not showing up on the calendar just yet. Uh, Gleb Sabursky is coming in. He's a cognitive psychologist. Susan, have you seen this week's schedule? No, I haven't. I'm still trying to get. Jeremy's not going to make it. Okay, poor Jeremy. Uh, Maybe but, you will. I don't know. But be that as it may, uh, we have lots of cool stuff, lots of good guests, and lots of interaction. And uh, can you, let me ask you this, uh, what, what is After Dark, what's your actual name? 
Uh, my name's Chaz. Chaz. Uh, Chaz, yeah. can we bring up more than one person and do interactions and that kind of thing up here? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. So there's, right. there's a few different things you can do. You can right. um, you can manually invite people. People can request to come up. You can also uh, have co-hosts. So it looks like Caleb's helping you out. You can make him a co-host, and he mm-hmm. can actually help you. Um, you know. Uh, moderate the conversation bring people up so you know you're not fumbling around with it uh right. it's it's really cool and people can also uh share tweets in the space yeah that's good um, everybody share a tweet right now how do you do that uh, well where, where uh, do so i see that so, just, so the people well the people that are speaking they're able to share something on top mm. so yeah so you see the little there's a little arrow that points up. You click on that, and it shares. I shared it to my Twitter. Already. I have a little. I have a little pencil in the right hand corner. That's not it. So mm. that yeah, that that composes a tweet. But it's if you nice. actually go to someone else's tweet, mm. you can hit the share button, and you can actually put it on top of this space. So right now, I went to your page. I shared your tweet to the top of the page. Now the whole audience can see that tweet. Got it. Yeah. Outstanding. See, that's really good. Well. Thank, I used to do that with thank Periscope. Thank you for joining me. It was Chaz, great on Periscope, it. but then Periscope stopped letting thank people you. have a have comments. So okay, well, I have lots of lots it's of callers a good way to, really to go show through. You're so out let's there, let's go do it. We'll try to we'll try to uh, get get as many people as possible. Jeremy said he's only getting the video, which is weird because we're not. It's just audio on there. So he must be looking at the video for the restream. That's weird. Coco, are you there? <laughs> yes. Hi. How are you doing today, Doctor Jeremy? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's really good to see you on Spaces. Um, I've actually been doing Spaces since day one, since they started. So um, if you need any help or tips or tricks, I can uh, help you with that. Um, but uh, also I had um, a question. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a big mental health advocate, but I also have lupus and I'm a big lupus advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been struggling with it for, I'd say, about 15 years. Um, I went undiagnosed for a really long time mm-hmm. and I have three forms of lupus. So, um, the systematic, the discoid and the, I can never say the other one, the erosmus. Uh, I can never say it right. Um, yes. but discoid, I have been systemic tra- and, uh, erythematosus. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's yeah. a uh, twister. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest frustrations I've had is I feel like, uh, I'm only dealing with that, but also two herniated discs. And so mm. I'm struggling to find ways to get pain relief. Mm. Um, I use turmeric, I use, uh, uh, Kierman, Um, I use a lot of different stuff. I've mm. even done, you know, cryotherapy, um, you know, acupuncture, and I just can't seem to find the pain relief that I need. And just wanted to know if you have any mm. suggestions for that. You know, as you know, the opiates can, you know, lead to more pain. That's the real problem. But sometimes mild opiates like tramadol are helpful. Have you tried that? Um, The issue is, is, you know, I have such a a high tolerance. I was born with spina bifida. Mm. um, And so I had three surgeries by the time I was like 16 and they basically had me like on a morphine drip. Oh boy. And so I think since then I've just had such a high tolerance. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Tramadol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no, then I also have to be, uh, to be careful because I have to stay away from anything that hurts my kidneys. Have you tr- right. Cause of the lupus. Have you tried, this is going to sound bizarre, but have you tried any kind of hip- hypnotic therapies any in- or trauma therapies these sort of I, I'm I'm sort of I'm going to talk to a hypno person, uh, hypno magneticist. I don't know what hell he's doing, but I'm interested in that whole space. And you know, breathing, hypnosis, 
this is going to sound goofy, but but I really believe that sometimes when you help regulate your autonomic nervous system, your ability to perceive and tolerate pain is significantly altered. Have you, have you had specific trauma therapies? You know what? I actually, um, so uh, the only trauma therapy that I've had would be EMDR therapy. You had it. Um, and Good. I did find that actually very beneficial. Um, and I did both forms of it, but, um, and I even read the, the book, you know, the body keeps, uh, the score, score. Which yep. Yeah. Great yep. book. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I do know that, you know, trauma and things like that can be tied in with, you know, autoimmune disorders mm -hmm. and pain. Um, and I haven't tried any hypnotherapy, but I would be interested in learning more about it. And then breathing. That's another thing. Bre breathing techniques and things. These are all, I mean, it, when you have pain like this, you have to bring in everything you can possibly get your hands on. There's the body keeps the score by Dr. Vanderkoek. Um, it, it is, it is, nothing should be off the table. You know what I mean? And usually it's a multiplicity of different things that, that gets you to somewhere where you have some sort of pain relief. But I, I, I wish I had something magic to tell you. I, I do not. I, right now I'm looking into a book called Breathe, B-R-E-T-H, that somebody touted as, uh, excellent for, for various kinds of, uh, regulatory, I see it all as sort of regulation, regulating pain, regulating emotions, regulating what the feelings coming out of our body. And uh, it gets goofy. It gets a little goofy. It gets a little outside of the sort of mainstream medical kinds of uh, recommendations. But there's a lot there. There's a lot of people doing this kind of things. I'm glad you did EMDR. That is very courageous of you. I'm glad you did acupuncture. I, I mean, there are other, as you know, other sort of bodily-based therapeutics. You can't do anything too aggressive because you have all these structural problems but i would keep looking i'm sorry i don't have anything sort of uh dramatic to, to offer uh this is just alex 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 your, your mic is muted i can see that so down the lower left there you are what's up <laughs> sorry about that mm -hmm. uh so i heard hypnotherapy in there mm -hmm. i figured i'd ask okay heard of quantum healing hypnotherapy? I, I've heard of, I, I know nothing about this space. I, I'm just recently starting to read about it. Um, but there are a lot of people that claim a lot of things. And, and, yeah. I, <laughs> and, and I, don't, I don't know what to make of it yet, except that when people are in need of, when they're desperately in need of something, I, I'm always willing to kind of entertain these things that to, to me, it makes sense. It makes sense that if in, in an interpersonal space, if you can get any kind of a deep trusting state going, you can improve your regulation. That's sort of the, the, the way I can conceive of it. And, and I hearken back to good science by Stephen Porges and Alan Shore. And so the interpersonal neurobiology is kind of worked out. We just haven't worked out the clinical applications in all in all settings yet. So that that's what, you know... But I'm I'm gonna bring somebody in here soon to talk about it. And I just I, I claim ignorance. And and I hear oh. things. I hear things, I read things, and I claim ignorance. But uh I and I wouldn't normally bring it up unless there was, you know, sort of desperation. <laughs> Why do you have some uh, experience with this? Uh I've just been looking into it for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh started really getting back into it in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I figured now is the perfect time to well report re report back. You know, let let us know what yeah, the experience cool. is like, and uh, please, I I think anecdote anecdotes are not they don't anecdotes don't mean put, put me in a position to make recommendations, but I think anecdotes have meaning meaning, and people should sort of listen to them. Uh, hold on a second here. I'm still lots of you are requested. I'm trying to get through you guys. 
I know. I see Jeremy in there, but he can't figure out. <laughs> That's really funny. He goes, um, I'm like a hundred-year-old man. Limp Bisquick Pancakes. Are you yes. there? There you are. What's yes, up? Yes, I am. Hey. Don't you like the name? You know, Limp Bisquick. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> I'm 38. I Well, 39 now, but at 38, I had a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And I'm on a ton of meds. Yeah, I know. Did the American diet, salt, red meat, whatever. Um, and it wasn't like I wasn't athletic. I played basketball through college, hmm. but, uh, two weeks prior to that, I was also diagnosed as epileptic. So heavy benzos with that, hmm. but the list of medications for the heart attack are like baby aspirin, astrovan, clotta, whatever, can't pronounce it for my society. Okay. So, uh, so, so I'll slow you down. So, yeah. so did so you, did you, did you, did you hang on, hang on. Did, did you, was it a completed heart attack where you damaged the muscle or do you now have a stent in and you preserve the muscle? Six stents. Six stents. Six. Wow. Yeah. Do you have familiar, yeah. do you have familial hypercholesterolemia? Familiar? Yes, I do actually. Okay, because that, that's Which what I didn't find out until after my heart attack. Right, that's that's, that's how you get a heart attack. One. You either smoking or FH is how you get a thirty-year-old yeah. heart attack. So okay, um, well that sucks. Uh, but once yeah. you once you have a stent, you buy essentially five medications. So you buy you buy you have aspen, you have uh, you have the platelet inhibitors. You're going to get a statin. You're going to get some sort of beta blocker or calcium channel blocker, and you're probably going to get some sort of ARB. So boom, right yep. off the top. Well, that, that's what you're getting. Yep. Plus yeah. Coumadin, because I have a clot in the heart as well. So, Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, I know. Woo. You wouldn't expect it from me. But anyways, uh, my question is, you know, I'm fairly young and trying to – my wife is going into the, that period of her life where she wants to be more intimate, and obviously there's some problems, right? So we haven't broached the subject of when I can start taking the, you know, the purple or the blue pill. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, who's, who's we, so who's, who's we haven't broached it. Uh, uh, the, what's the name of the place? It's the, uh, uh, heart failure clinic. Horrible name. If you ask me, okay. uh, do you, do you have congestive heart failure also? No, I don't. Okay, good. So, so, so you're talking about your clinic. Are, are you on nitrates? Are you on Imdur or anything like that, or Kdur or any, any of these? No. I mean, I'm sorry. Or, or the transdermal nitrates, because the nitrates no. are really what give the problem to the PDE5s inhibitors, right? That's the the class that Viagra is in, and that class has four or five different medications in it, and some of them aren't commonly prescribed, but some of them are a little easier to tolerate than the others. You, you really need to work with your cardiologist on this, but I don't think, you're obviously at special risk, but I don't think it's contraindicated based on what you're telling me. So yeah, yeah. you should be able to do that and you should, so, there should be no so problem. So my question is, my, my question is, where can I pee on my wife and not get her pregnant? Where can you pee on your wife? <laughs> is that is that a after dark thing or is that an Adam thing? Or am I supposed to be able to and follow not that? Get her pregnant. I don't want more kids. <laughs> well, it looks like you're not going to be having sex until you get the blue pill, so it might work yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they can um, also, uh, I'm just thinking maybe they can do a, a vasectomy, at the, you know, it's part of the deal, or maybe she can get her tubes tied, or, you know, obviously she can be on birth control, sort of hormonal birth control. There's a lot of options, a lot of options. The, the bigger problem is with your cardiac condition is getting you back to the point where you can function. And and I would make a real issue of that because it's important. 
Uh, and if if you're, you know, so your doctors a, are ignoring that, that's, that's not a, okay. That's a because he has heart problems. That's why he has ED. Or? I think it's pro well, you know, when you have coronary disease, you all typically okay. So he has something called familiar familial hypercholesterolemia, which is a really high cholesterol. It's it's associated with advanced vascular pathology. So the fact that he has it going on in his heart means that he also has it going on in the artery to his penis. So it's not just the heart disease, it's not just the heart medication, it's also the artery going to the penis, so he really needs help getting blood, you know, getting the nitric oxide pathways to respond to what blood input there is. And so he's going to need these kinds of medication in order to do that. Uh, there also are, you know, a lot of people, we're, we're going we're to get Ashley Winter in here as a, a urologist, and we're going to talk about the implants and how happy the men are when they get these implants. It's it's better than you think. So that's another option is to go with the with the devices that are available. But anyway, I think PDE five inhibitors they're called would be a, certainly a reasonable way to go, provided your cardiologist agrees with that. But it would be very important to um, to deal with it. Uh, so it's it's not like just correcting the car. So so when men present in their forties and fifties and sixties with erectile dysfunction. The first order of business is getting on a treadmill and ruling out heart disease because the erectile dysfunction can be the first sign of heart disease just from the cardiac part. But because he has FH, I can predict the penile artery is about seven times more sensitive to the hardening of the arteries of the, the from the coronary arteries. He's going to have stuff in the penile artery as well, which makes it that much more important that he be on high dose statins, that he take these medications or maybe do an implant to help him. And that he pay attention to this stuff. Some of it can be reversed, but it requires high doses of these medications to reverse it, we think. And those medicines can cause further erectile dysfunction on top of it. So he's fighting an interesting battle that he should be carefully working out with his doctors. So I'll tell you what, we are still here. We are, Did you uh, see the comments on Rumble? No, let me look over there. There's one that was talking about Justin and his wife. He goes, what are the chances? With the jab, pretty high, it seems. So he, someone might... So, so the the vaccine has okay. The vaccine has been associated with Bell's palsy, right? So it's possible. I've not seen it specifically associated with Ramsey Hunt, but I'm not a hundred percent sure he had Ramsey Hunt. It may have just been run of the mill Bell's palsy, which would have been more likely the case that it was from or related to the vaccine. Uh, her syndrome, I promise you, is well. Let's reason about it. I'll tell you about her syndrome. It's completely after the break. Completely unrelated to what he had, which is a viral recrudescence of the nerve in the facial facial nerve. Uh, it sort of causes the nerve to swell as it comes through the skull, and it cuts off its own blood supply, and that's why the nerve dies, and that's why people get that facial palsy. But what his wife had was something completely, completely different, and I will explain that after the break. Don't know where to start on your skincare journey either. We all have that something we'd like to take care of. For me, it's the under-eye bags and puffiness when I don't get enough sleep and the dryness here. Thankfully, I discovered Genucel. I started with their serum for under-eye puffiness and then found their Genucel XV moisturizer, which dramatically changed my face's texture. After only a few uses, for Susan, she hates the annoying area under her nose during allergy season. She tried everything, but no matter what, her skin is dry and flaky and nothing seemed to help till she found Genucel's Silky Smooth XV Moisturizer, soaked right in, she was hooked after one use, and now loves all of their other products. 
GenuCell uses a proprietary base formulated by a pharmacist and clinical levels of botanical extracts for the best skin care money can buy. GenuCell products are cruelty-free, natural, and made in the USA. I cannot think of a better set of products to take care of my skin. Plus, they guarantee happiness with all their products. See results you love guaranteed or your money back. Try GenuCell's most popular package today and use code DREW for 10% off your entire order. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and code DREW for 10% off. have GenuCell with us. Uh, they are a product that we can stand behind. Susan was using it over the weekend, I noticed. Yeah. Uh, Always. Mm -hmm. And uh, I you, like the vitamin C serum. That's for under underneath the, eyes? the skin creams. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. And then the retinol. I mean, I'm using all of it. Good. The under eye creams are all excellent. As and well. uh, and Caleb, have we solved the problem of international access to the uh, to the website? Is that still you're still working I'm still on checking on it. It's it's available in most countries, okay. but there's some of people I believe were having a little bit of trouble. But they they had ways of working around it. So I'm going to try and get the official okay. way soon. Okay, I'm going to go on to talk about uh, Justin Bieber's wife syndrome in just a second. Uh, somebody asked me, do I have any insight into COVID psychosis? Um, I don't know what you mean by insight. We know that uh, psychiatric illness is very common. Various kinds of cognitive uh, distortions are very common after COVID. Uh, I will tell you that after the 1918 flu, the influenza so-called epidemic of 1918, Dr. Menninger, who was the most famous psychiatrist of that era, felt that somewhere around 80% of all the psychiatric illness he was seeing at the Menninger Clinic was post-influenza. And he listed all the different psychiatric syndromes he had seen, and it was essentially everything. And a lot of it was thought disorder. A lot of it was, te and was mostly temporary. I was looking at a, you got to remember that even though they've documented brain shrinkage and all kinds of things neurologically related to COVID, the brain is a resilient organ. It can recur, it can uh, heal. And so just because we've had these insults, it's much like a head injury, much like getting hit in the head. Yes, it put you at risk for all kinds of things, but it doesn't mean uh, that it necessarily is going to put you at risk for things down the line or continue. So back to, to yeah, let's talk about Bell's Justin, palsy. Justin's wife. Okay, I had Bell's palsy. Susan had Bell's palsy. It Her looked Bell's, just like that too. <laughs> well, all Bell's palsy looks the same. You can't close your eye. You get a facial droop. Your mouth doesn't move. That kind and of now thing. I have one small eye. They they all look the I same. I hate it. You had it. Susan had it because she had such expansion of her blood volume. By having three babies inside, her blood volume expanded to the point that the blood get, couldn't get through the opening, the so-called skull os, the opening that the the facial nerve comes through. Sort of like through. that guy's cholesterol to his penis. Kind of like that. Yours essentially choked itself out because the volume was so great it couldn't get through and it started restricting the blood supply out here to the facial nerve. And you really didn't have a complete palsy, did you? You had like yeah, a partial, yeah? No, I didn't. In any event. It, I was so freaked out. Yeah. But uh, I was okay with it because I was going to have three babies, so. And they put you on corticosteroids because the possibility was that it was a viral thing anyway. Yeah. So they went I mean, that. I'm sympathetic to that. Bell's and palsy then, sucks. And then uh, Susan went into shock after she delivered three circulatory systems because they forgot to put her on stress doses of steroids. <laughs> but I, here's the other thing. How much of this is press-related? bullshit though that's what jeremy was going to call about because he was like he was like how come they both had it like okay. something else right. is going so, on so, and we're not getting the real story all right so the fact that they that justin bieber a lot was made of a common problem i would take issue with uh, bell's palsy because you know justin is on there going i have a rare problem no you don't 
You have, you have an unusual and uncommon feature of Bell's palsy, maybe. Can you get Bell's it from palsy, drug abuse? Bell's palsy, very common. It's very common. With drug abuse? Is. Not typically. No. You, you you can get it from the vaccine. It's a it's well documented issue with the vaccine is Bell's palsy. You can't close his right eye, and how the the right side of his mouth isn't moving when he tries to smile. That there it is. sucks. That's what it I look like. It comes back. It comes back. <laughs> and again, if it if it's Ramsey Hunt, it, the methylprednisolone is more effective than prednisone. Hopefully, they gave him that. But in any event, so there you go. He's going to have in all all likelihood a complete recovery. Not a big deal. His wife's thing was a much bigger deal. She had what's called a paradoxical embolus. When she said she had this sudden, I think it was weakness on the right side of her body, I immediately said she has a patent frame of Ollie. That's what she has. That's what does that in a young person. Normally, we all have small clots that frequently come out of our legs and make it to our lungs and are sort of screened out by the small vessels in the lungs and dissolve there. But if you have a hole in their atria, you know what? Why don't you, put, if you can put a picture of a patent foramen ovale up there, uh, Caleb, you'll get people. So the heart comes into the right side. Sorry, the blood comes into the right side where there's a blood clot coming out of the leg that would normally get screened out by the lungs because of the patent foramen ovale. It gets across to the left side and gets to the brain. Okay. Yikes. And when it gets to the brain, it causes symptoms. We have a good friend, uh, Susan, that just went through the same thing a couple of months ago. And uh, it's very, very scary because they can be it can be transient but massive. And sometimes the strokes can be massive and permanent. So the, the symptomatology can be, you know, they can't speak and they can't move in the right side of their body, left side of their body, whatever. Uh, and so that could be, be from very, a vaccine too. Well, that's the question. So so as you know, well, everyone knows. The, or cocaine. No, no, stop it. Stop with the drug. <laughs> I, I, I really, that, that's or too a many babies in your uterus at that's the same a, time. That will, that's a, you, you're, you're not listening to me. Oh, there it is. So I there's am. the patent for Aminavali showing the right to left shunting. You know, the stuff comes out of the, the, goes into the blue atrium and gets across to the red atrium and then goes straight to the, down to the ventricle and up to the head. While normally there shouldn't be that connection between the two upper chambers of the heart and it should go into the lower blue chamber and then to the lungs and then kind of dissolve. Now, if you have a big clot, which we also know COVID causes, you get something called a pulmonary embolus and it's very, very serious. So COVID does cause clotting. We also know that some of the vaccines cause clotting too, right? The, the Janssen, the um, AstraZeneca vaccine, I had clotting from that. We know that it caused sort of a th what's called a thrombotic thritis, thrombocytopenia syndrome, almost like the way it's like a heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, coagulation activation, and that's clotting. And so that vaccine, it makes sense to me, might put people at increased risk for paradoxical embolus. I don't see where the mRNA booster is likely to do that. So while it could be causing the Bell's palsy on Justin Bieber's syndrome, I don't really see where it would likely cause the um, paradoxical stroke. I, I'm guessing more likely that his wife was on a long plane ride or something like that, where these small clots are more likely to form. Maybe, yeah. Interesting, right? Okay, that's that's my. What Justin a coincidence! Bieber. Yes, it is an interesting. Well, not a coincidence because they both these are had something around the same time. But they are unrelated. They're not in yeah. any way. They're, they're like just a coincidence. It's like saying he had pneumonia and she had arthritis. Right, they're just unrelated. Right. They're not related. Though one involved a clot, which we sometimes associate with COVID, and one involved a viral reactivation, which we associate with the vaccine sometimes. So okay, maybe. Yeah. 
We're, right. we're not saying it is or it isn't because we can't I'm saying it. it's interesting. But it could happen. Maybe. Um, That's why I'm leery about getting a booster. Kenneth, what's going on there? Whoop, we're not connected to Kenneth yet. There we are. Kenneth, what's up? Uh, Kenneth? Hello. Can hey, you hear me now? I hear you now. Hi, Dr. Joe. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I have, I just had an, uh, a stent put in. I had a triple A. Mm -hmm. It was 5.7 meters. In, meters. <laughs> no. Centimeters. 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 So, so, so let me tell you what this is. So he had he called what's called a triple A. It's an abdominal aortic aneurysm, which is so you can get aneurysms in the aorta typically in two places. Well, you get it in the thorax, and it could be ascending, transverse, or descending, or all of the above, or you get in the abdomen, which is kind of a mess, and it's a big operation to get that fixed. Were you a smoker? Uh yeah, yeah. I I um yeah. I am. I don't I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Okay. Uh, I but I, I smoke about a half a pack a day of ultralights, which I know every doctor in the world is going to say it doesn't matter and all that other stuff. But okay. Right. I uh, my doctor tried to put me on the patch. Um, my ultralight cigarettes are 0.08 milligrams of nicotine. Good. The patch is 23 milligrams Good. of nicotine. So one patch was like me uh, smoking 400 of my cigarettes. Well, I, I nearly, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> well, that's interesting. One of the big problems with those patches is most people don't use enough. But you can get the lozenges and the gum and other things to try to replace the nicotine. I, I'd urge you to do it. it the nicotine is not no, the problem. I, I know. The, the tobacco exactly. is the problem, not the nicotine. But go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I mean, what I was getting at was um, earlier, uh, one of the calls was talking about eight mil, yeah, the 84, uh, 81 milligram aspirin. Mm. I, I heard some negative news about that recently. Like, yeah. You the, really shouldn't take it if... Right. So so the, the what you heard is, should an average person, say over the age of 50, be on a mm -hmm. low dose of aspirin as just a health maintenance prophylaxis of some type? And, and right. for a long time, we thought that should be so but it's not so. It needs to be applied for specific therapeutic intent. For instance, okay. I have Lynch syndrome, and it turns out that people with Lynch syndrome on aspirin produce less polyps. So guess what? I take aspirin every day. You, wow. you have a, an abdominal aortic aneurysm with a large piece of uh, plastic in your gut or in your, right. in your, in your abdomen. And right. I, you need to make sure clots don't form on the on that plastic, and your doctor will tell you how to do that. And aspirin may be part of that. Is is it, have they recommended that? Yeah, that they did. Yeah. They did recommend it. But yeah. I just and I've been taking it for you know for for a while now. Stay with it. I was taking it Stay before. With it. I was taking high blood pressure medication, a statin, mm -hmm. uh, because of the uh, aneurysm. They were keeping an eye on it every year and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it got to the point where they didn't want to take any more chances. How, how was that operation? Sure how, how'd you do with that? It's a big operation. How did how'd it go? It, believe it or not, my the biggest problem I had was the coming out of uh, anesthesia. Mm. Um, and then I also, that's when I started putting the patch on. Mm. So I was going for 0.1 milligrams of nicotine a day mm. to 23. Yeah. It really did a number on me. And so, but the surgery had very little pain. Amazing. Obviously, you can't feel anything inside. Right. The two incisions, right. which I'm not sure why they did two, but the two incisions, um, they healed immediately. They Great. glued them. I had it done at uh, Mass General Hospital. Great. Um, good hospital. Oh, yeah. Uh, great hospital. Yeah. And then um, 
and, and the recovery was very quick. I was well, up and about Kenneth, the next day. Count your blessings, yeah. my friend. The, the cigarettes can do, more, can do more than abdominal aneurysms, right? They cause cerebral vascular disease, coronary disease. Yeah. Get, think, think about the lozenges. I think you're the kind of person that those lozenges might be just right for. Uh, and don't be afraid of the nicotine. Be afraid of the tobacco. So, uh, oh my gosh, we're getting some interesting stuff going here. This is, uh, thank you, Kenneth. This is Patty. Now, Patty, you're muted. There you are. Patty, what's up? Hi. Hi. Um, I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Mm. Uh, I'm a retired nurse, mm -hmm. a palliative care nurse. Mm. And recently, my husband of 40 years um, passed away. He had heart surgery uh -oh. uh, and aortic valve mm. and mitral valve mm. and bypass. And he had been diabetic 58 years. Mm. And they got in, it was a mess. Mm. So. So he had 11 days in the ICU, and it was very difficult um, to watch him. You know, I knew he wasn't going to make it, mm. and and, um, and so I'm I'm calling about grief mm. because it is. Uh, I I did palliative care. I stood by hundreds of families yes. in the ER yes. who lost loved ones, but I have never felt such physical pain, yeah. chest pain, not sleeping. I just got blood work back. My kidney functions off and, you know, it's, it's hit me like a brick. Yeah. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about the, the stress of grief. Well, you know, the, the extraordinary things about primate, we believe that primates can die of grief, right? Right. There's, there's various ways that uh, both chimpanzees have been observed to die of grief and our own biology to result in very significant medical pathology. I think people are sort of aware of the sort of broken heart syndrome where your heart literally stops, doesn't work right, get failure, right. it's a sudden death syndrome. Uh, but you're not talking about that. You're, you're talking about the stress and, I, and I, the pain sort of goes without saying, right? I, I believe, well... There's good evidence that the, we, we very focused on the nervous system up here, right? But we have right. a large body of nervous tissue here and here. I'm pointing at my gut and actually mm -hmm. in the pelvis as well. And th these are almost peripheral brains. And when people mm -hmm. say, you know, uh, I feel this in my heart or my heart aches, I believe wholeheartedly it is this neurological material actually sending messages. Uh, and those messages can be disabling. Just, not just from the standpoint of not sleeping and not eating and not drinking, but it, it almost has a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a neurasthenic effect. You know what neurasthenia is? No. It's wasting. It's just sort of wasting. Mm -hmm. uh, and there used to be a syndrome in psychiatry called just neurasthenia, and they, mm -hmm. they, they eliminated it. And I, I've been a fan of that term for a long time. It's really sort of fatigue and wasting, and our and it has a it's a feature of our nervous system dysfunction, dysregulation, over overly burdened, um, either by a virus or by a, a trauma or an event. And the the Patty, I don't know how you know you know all the grief therapeutics that are out there, right? I'm, I'm right. sure you're taking advantage of some of that. Yes, I have. Uh, and. It, the it, I I don't want to sort of this is this is heavy stuff, but my my friends and patients that go through this always say the same thing, 
when it comes to um, loss of a spouse, a particular long-term spouse that you really love, right. is that you never get over it. You just regulate it. You learn to live with it. And I, my, my instincts are that there's, it's impossible without filling your heart with other people and maybe fulfilling activities, whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you've certainly heard that as a palliative care nurse. You've, you've and you've seen those groups and stuff. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I should listen to my own medicine. But I was I'm just really taken back by the physical aspect. I know. I know. The, it, the the pain is just so intense. And and I have a history of autoimmune, not lupus, but you know one mm. of those broad broad named un undifferentiated, uh, you know, and and so I, I anticipate that it's going to go nuts from the stress. It, it could easily, and that's why my kidney functions. Going it it down, could easily, know? but why should we be surprised by? Look, we the the self is embedded in a social context, and no more right. so than in an interpersonal context with close, intimate connection. When that part dies, that is a part of you. It just yes. is. Uh, and, uh, it's one of the, you know, unfortunate realities of having a good relationship is that, is that <laughs> yeah. you really, you really lose a part of yourself and you've, you've got to sort of, you have to force yourself out there to sort of rehabilitate, you know, yourself in the face of this, if you lost a leg or something, you know, same, same idea, you've got to, right. you've got to get out there because it, it can, it can do you in, it can. I don't yeah. think it will. I think you're going to be, you know, you'll be, you'll get through it. I mean, you're knowledgeable. I'm a you fighter. Get it. You're a right. fighter. You get it. But uh, the pain is what the pain is, and I, I'm really sorry right. you're going through that. But you got to sort of think about the the fact that you know, again, you, know, you get philosophical a little bit with this, but you need somebody else to share this with you, which is right. And that you you're you're you had what you had. You know, don't don't try to try to keep that in your heart. What, what right. was what was yours and and not focus on what you've lost you know right mm-hmm. that, it's an interesting too you know being in the ICU um, and having worked in palliative care there and mm-hmm. and then being on the other side of the stethoscope was a very interesting experiment I'm sure and it wasn't fun I, I'm sure it was, it was not fun. extremely stressful yeah and uh, the morning that we needed that Craig was not doing well and we knew that we were going to withdraw the pressers and let him go. Mm. His surgeon, his heart surgeon had worked so hard. Mm. He looked at me and he had tears in his eyes, but mm. he said, we're going to stay the course and I'll see you on Monday. This mm. is on a Friday. Mm. And he bolted. Mm. And and so he, well, he abandoned me. But you know, right? you know, having been a palliative care nurse, you know the surgical mentality. Yeah, they don't want to lose. They they just can't deal with death and dying. They don't want to deal with it. They want to get people back, and they they turn the death and dying over to internists and palliative care people like you. And so right. they, they they have no skill. For, he, unfortunately, they're not good at it. I, I'm glad. It probably better that he didn't stick around because <laughs> he he was you know had his own shit he was dealing with, and he dealt with it his own way. I, I wish he could have at least been present with you for a minute, but. But no. he just did not have the no. capacity. No, to exactly. Do it. No. He just didn't have it, and and he probably sensed the pain that was coming your way too. So I'm so sorry, Patty. But I I, I feel like you still have important work to do. So please take your own advice, okay? Okay. Thank okay. you, sir. Thank right. you for talking to me. God bless you. Poor, you see him? Right. Reminds me of my show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's something. Um, but, you know, when you sometimes when you get to talk to them through a psychic, it makes you feel better. Well, that's true. People get some closure, but I I don't think that's what Pat, Patty needs. It might uh, be too soon, too. Yeah, it's a different. You got to wait a while. Um, hold on a second. Let me. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, Leah, there you are. I'll, I'm trying to who I'm going to get up here. Leah, what's going on there? You caught my attention. Thank you for waving at me. Hi. Hey there. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask you about two different things, but combine them. Okay. I have um, post-COVID syndrome. Mm, lovely. I've had it. So fun. I had it since um, mm. March. No, since May of 2021. Mm-hmm. And um. I keep waiting to get better. I mean, yeah. I've, I've tried so many treatments. What like, have you tried? Um, I've had um, infusion treatments of 17,000 micrograms of vitamin C plus all the other vitamins. Mm. Um, three, well, actually, I've had six of those. Um, I've tried ivermectin. I've tried, um, I haven't done the monochromal thing. Um, but anyway, hold on. A bunch of different things. Okay. My doctor, um, my doctor is really into multiple like let's find out what we can do and yeah so yeah that's good so let me let me that. let me bring up a couple of interesting things i've seen people do i i could not recommend it we don't have the data to suggest it yet but it's just interesting things people are doing um and by the way have you checked out covidlonghaulers.com um, I have a link to it. I have a um, podcast called Long Hauling with Lady Leah. It's nothing <laughs> big. It's just for people to like hear the symptoms and mm-hmm. also to hear the brain fog. The brain fog I find the most frustrating. Know, it's extremely frustrating. I know. I had it myself. So, so um, I come, again, go to covidlonghaulers.com. They have lots of interesting ideas there. Do they and, put it on the website or do you have to sign up and pay? Um, you can... Go to Facebook um, and look it up there. It's, oh, that's good. it's easy to yeah. find. Yeah, Dr. Yo probably has a lot of information. Yeah, go to covidlonghaulers.com. So I'm going to suggest three things. Talk to your okay. doctor about some people are trying Paxlovid. They're actually oh, trying I the. Just- did you do that? That was my second question. Yeah. It's about that drug. I, it, it, I, if I had bad long hauler, I would think about that. Uh, fluvoxamine really helped me. I know some other people who, for whom it didn't help, but fluvoxamine really but that was helped me with the brain on, fog. Right, I was about two months out. Do they re- do they suggest it after? The earlier, the better with fluvoxamine. Yeah, but we, same we with don't the know. monoclonal antibody. Yeah, the monoclonal antibody is not likely to work. Um, the fluvoxamine is is another idea. Um, I have seen people take. This is going to sound very weird, but I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up, and I, I've just seen no literature on it, but I've heard of people doing this is NAD infusions. I'm actually, I guess it's occurring to me now because I'm going to have an infusion doctor come in here in a couple of days, I think Thursday, to talk about infusion therapies. And NAD is a very, very common one. Um, again, no literature that I know of to back that up, but just an interesting idea uh, out of desperation. And the finally, the other thing is for your fog, um, I found learning languages very helpful in clearing the fog. Like, I know really? it sounds bizarre, but uh, we were going to Greece, and I thought, mm, I'll try to learn in Greek, and it really helped. Maybe taking a vacation to Greece will help, no, too. No, but before that, it would started helping. Uh, so I, I really would recommend, and, and I had this, I had the sense, I don't know if you have this sense, My also my sense was that some sort of physical, musical something would help me. So I, I also thought about going back to piano and sort of working at that, because I had this feeling that those sorts of language, music, movement, phenomenon could help clear it and it sure did for me and that might have been a coincidence but you know who knows so 
There you go. Well, so I wanted to ask you, my second question is sort of about that. Um, mm. Like Thursday, I tested for the third time positive with COVID, okay? Oh, my God. That, I, this last time I had it was in December of 2020. Mm. That's weird. And, um, mm. So I got this, and I have a fever, and I have all the symptoms. So mm. my doctor put me on the medication you just mentioned, which Paxlovid. I already forgot the name of it. Paxlovid, good. Yeah. Okay, well, so what happened was I huh. started to take it, and first I got that nasty taste in my mouth. Yeah, and then very common. The, ne- the day after I, I did like one pack, and then I took my second day dose, the morning dose, mm-hmm. and I got a real bad hive like all over the back uh, of my neck. Oh, no. So I looked it up oh, on the FDA website and it says yeah. to discontinue it yeah, if yeah. you get a rash. Yeah. And I wanted, my, my doctor is so bummed out because she thought I'm it would sure. help me a lot. I thought so too. Well, maybe she should get the monoclonal and, antibodies and, well, since she's got you, COVID. Yeah, now monoclonal, and there's only really one that works. Uh, there was a... Uh, <sighs> The, You're supposed to do it within the first five days or something. Ev- Evushield is the one that I think works still. Evushield. Uh, I so, live in San Diego County, and they have the free um, bank here that I good. can go to. But today good. would be my last day. Well, Just then do, do it. it. Then do it. Why not? Uh, for the key COVID, for sure. Drew loved it. Can I yeah, also, it helped me a lot. Um, the young lady who was just speaking about losing her spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, since I since I got post COVID syndrome, my mother in law moved in with us. On she had dementia, and mm. she passed in December. Mm. My son died in February, and oh my, my uncle died in March. And I have to say that the hospice people have helped me so much I'm dealing sure. with my grief. I'm sure um, they're trained in grief therapy, and I and they're free generally, especially if the husband was you, on any you type may, of hospice. You may have you may have missed it. She was a hospice nurse. Oh, and, I didn't know what that palliative care pal- meant. It's hospice, hospice. <laughs> And, and, I, I've and, never heard that term, yeah, so um, yeah. they never called it that when we when the nurses yeah. came. But well, she should have care. good reason right there. She, at work. You heard her say it. Like, she needs to take her own advice. She does. She needs to do what she needs knows how to do. You're absolutely They're, correct. I'm so they sorry for your that. loss. Yeah, it's awful. Thank you Jesus, very much. Awful. What I have is going tears on? down my face, but it's oh, just. Honey. Um, You're having a rough you know, time. Now, now let me say one more thing. I want you to write this down too. There is okay. another antiviral. If you can't get the monoclonal antibody, it's called molnupiravir. That actually is okay, pretty good. I think I can spell that. <laughs> M-O-L-N-U, molnupiravir, molnupiravir. It's actually a pretty, pretty good medicine. Um, okay. And when it was, when the research was coming out, I was looking to... Or fluvoxamine. Mm, you took it you, while you had COVID, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you could take that also, but it really does. It's it, this stuff is very, very good. So, in terms of you know reducing the duration and all that stuff, so and and you might get the side benefit of maybe wiping out some of whatever's causing the long COVID. But check out covidlonghaulers.com, Leah. Thank you so much for this call. I got to wrap things up. I actually have to go see a doctor myself, take care of my own health care right now. Um, have I talked about... Thank you so much, all you listeners on Twitter yeah, spaces. This, the Twitter spaces is a great... Some move. new blood. It's a great leap forward. Uh, by the way, I'm watching you guys also on Rumble. I see what your comments are. I, 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 <laughs> Roko Koro says, do, do language, study languages, do ayahuasca. Just <laughs> in the spirit world. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, uh, let's be careful. They're a little more open with their thoughts on. Oh, yes, they are. Which I appreciate. I don't trust any of you anymore. Not after this. 
It's nice. It's nice to see people awake in the chat, though. Uh, squeeze bag. I don't blame you for not trusting physicians. I, I don't blame you. Uh, and but, if you're over on Rumble and you want to get on the show and ask a question, just go over to Twitter Spaces. We're, we'll start opening it up over there, and, and we'll try to take more calls this week. Paxlovid is good. You're saying it's not good. It, it is good. It's changing the whole. But I will tell everybody if we do have a guest, which we are going to, we might have to add an extra little time on the end, Drew, so you can take calls because um, we don't get to questions until the end of the show. What do you mean? If we have a guest, oh, oh, yes, of we course. usually interview for yes, about an yes, hour. Maybe yes. we can go an extra 15, sure. 20 minutes and sure. take some calls. Yes, absolutely. We will do that. I will do more calls. It's I, called I, Ask Dr. Drew. Look, I love that. doing calls. I love doing it. And these calls have been great. You guys, the, the Twitter, you know, each platform has its own sort of character of calls. Or we can start and, 30 minutes early and then take then take the sure. guest. I don't want to. So Squeezebag doesn't, doesn't trust doctors. I don't blame her. Uh, but we we have not performed well in this pandemic, I would say. But, I think we've ruined But realize doctors. that most, yeah, most physicians have... Here, here's the enemy. Let me tell you two things are the enemy. The enemy is centralization of authority. Medicine should not be a centralized phenomenon. It should be highly trained individuals decentralized to use their judgment. The only person that, that only concerns him or herself with the well-being of that one person, the patient. Decentralization. Centralization is the enemy. I heard Peter Thiel give a lecture the other day, and he was saying that was the problem with what's happened with computing as well. And I, I agree. Centralization is the enemy. Bureaucratization is the enemy, and nowhere more so than is enemy than in medicine. And yeah, we have not performed well as physicians because of that. Because of that, but we can get it back. We can. I hate to see you not really not trusting you. Find a doctor you can trust and work with him or her. You've already heard today in these calls some very good physicians doing their job and, and improvising and trying to help the patient. That's what the job is, to try to use your judgment. Um, Novavax is out, guys. Uh, no, well, Novavax has been approved, should be out soon. We'll see what the recommendations are. I think personally, if you're allowed to use Novavax as a uh, booster, I personally would probably take it as a booster, but we'll see. We'll see what they say. Um, for people over 75 who've had no adverse reactions to the mRNA vaccine, probably keep going with those boosters. Although I have seen some pretty nasty reactions for the third booster and people who had no previous reaction to it or the second booster i guess it is uh all right everybody thank you for being here we appreciate it good discussion good calls i think um, we reached out to a lot more people today i think it's good mm -hmm. and <laughs> caleb thank you for setting this up anything you want to say caleb about how we're going to proceed here with the good idea, oh no this is I'm, this is very exciting there were hundreds of people trying to call in on the show we were on the front page of rumble okay, so there were hundreds of viewers there youtube was taken off so it's okay, it's good. a big show all around so thanks everybody for coming on and Roko Koro agrees with me that centralization of the enemy. Yeah, it is the enemy. I'm telling you, it is the it is. If you take if you look at some core, you know, root cause, root cause is centralized authority and people who have gone a little wacky with that and they've made people that that oppose their authority a problem. That's a problem. Just follow. Watch my interview with Jay Bhattacharya. That to me was sort of eye-opening in a way that I cannot. I cannot describe, and I've been retweeting a lot Dr. of his stuff. And I've been retweeting a lot of his stuff lately. Any event, we'll be back tomorrow at three o'clock. Uh, we will take calls. I'm seeing we're having. Uh, I don't see. Uh, we may. Mm, I'm not sure what it's going to be tomorrow, but we will probably have a guest. Yeah. Who do you know who it is? Yeah. Oh, she's going to look for it so we can promote it to you all. Uh, really do appreciate it's the Twitter. It's TBA. Yeah, that's what I saw too. <laughs> she didn't All right. put it up. So we'll, we'll tweet it but out. But Wednesday we have Gen Miner. Who is that now? Uh, Gianna Caldwell and Dr. Drew. Oh, wait, that's a that's something else. No, that's a meeting I have to go oh, to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know. She sent everything. She just didn't. <laughs> but thank you for announcing my meeting. That's, that's well done. <laughs> I hope that wasn't secret. I don't know. I've been too busy. <laughs> yeah, it was a secret meeting, but uh, I guess maybe the Twitterverse will show up. Okay. Lauren, Lauren D'Angostino and her boyfriend, Angostino, Regarding? on Wednesday. Regarding? And how do you say that? I don't know. Angostino? No, it's not on my. David thing. Nazarian Thursday. Oh, David 16th. Nazarian, I mentioned that that is the uh, the uh, the IV therapy doctor. He's a very good guy. And then Lauren Angostino and her boyfriend. I don't know what that is all about. So we'll I, I don't know. Okay. She comes up I, with good ones, and then, um, let's see Tuesday. I, I, guys, I must TBA. go. We have a TBA tomorrow. All Maybe right. it'll just be asking. Hey, it could again. be just calls again. We have plenty of calls. And they were all <laughs> excellent. So we we're so organized over here. Thank you, Kayla, for setting this up. I'm thank remodeling. you, Susan, for doing an extra show it today. Sucks. And we will see you all tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.